Scientist the Human Podcast, commencing. Welcome to this episode of Scientist the Human Podcast. I'm your host, Simranjit Singh, back once again after a long hiatus, but it's, it's okay. I'm here with Dr. Vanya Sisirak, or Shishirak. 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 Mm-hmm. Who is a, a research associate at the NYU School of Medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you do some interesting stuff. Welcome to the show. I'm glad we get to chat. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So you work on some, you know, uh, a disease that was made famous, if not, uh, you know, because of the disease itself, but the TV show House MD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not lupus. It's not lupus, yeah. But in your case, is it, it lupus? It is lupus it in is my lupus. case. Okay. So could you give us some background on what is lupus? Uh, a lupus is, a, is basically an autoimmune syndrome. It's basically when your own immune system turns against yourself mm-hmm. and, uh, and attack different tissues of your organism. And so in the case of lupus, uh, usually the main... Uh, uh, you know, uh, immune response that is initiated is uh, an immune response against your own DNA, and uh, so that, that usually spreads to other tissue, other other responses after. But it's very uh, that it's your DNA is present everywhere. So in a way, so that's what makes it a systemic disease, and it attacks different tissues. So you can suffer from skin rash, you can suffer from kidney failure, uh, articulation pain, seizures, heart failure, etc., etc. Yeah, so there are different types of lupus, right? Mm-hmm. There's, uh, and the one you work on is called, it's a, uh, I know the acronym is LSE, mm-hmm. but S- I'm not going to try pronouncing the last. So like this, yeah, SLE. SLE oh, SLE. Is systemic yeah. lupus erythematosus, basically. Erythematosus. So, but that, that's yeah. like a compromise, basically, the entirety of the lupus. And okay. then there are different forms, like discoid, like uh, skin affecting uh, mm-hmm. nephritis, more than affecting the kidneys and et cetera. But, you know, usually like lupus is a systemic disease, and that's a common generic name. Sure. Uh, so it's, it's uh, you said autoimmune. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a perturbation of the immune system. Something is going haywire with the yeah. immune system. So how is, in a, in a nutshell, how does the immune system work when it's working properly? Mm-hmm. And what exactly, what is a, you know, is there a switch that gets flipped that causes the immune system to attack Okay, so it's a, well, that's a, that's... I know, it's a, it's a loaded question, but you know, here's the challenge. Yeah, Put it's, it in a, it's, it's in a, a complex, uh, complex question. Okay, yeah. so how the system, uh, immune system works, basically, uh, there's different branches of the immune system, and so, like, let's separate them, like, what was classically separated, the innate immune system and the adaptive immune system. Yeah. So the innate immune system is what is, uh, like, basically an innate immune response, so it's supposed to be very rapid, recognized, like, uh, so uh, the, the system itself works at recognizing pathogens, like in, in microbiome, basically, uh, threats to your organism. So when this happens, the innate immune system will be the fast response, like uh, not very specific, uh, will uh, attack whatever like uh, threat is coming and try to eliminate it and contain it the fastest possible. But this is uh, not very specific, and, and some, some of the pathogen go through and, and make their yeah. way. And so then you have like an adaptive immune response where like specific cells, like mostly lymphocytes, either B or T, what they are called, come and they are very, they are like true recombination of their genomes. It's a bit complicated, sure. uh, but... Uh, they have receptors that are specific to the pathogen in a way, mm-hmm. and you will develop a response that is really specific to a pathogen. And like usually, it comes at the later phase, so the innate phase is right away immediate. Mm-hmm. The uh, adaptive phase comes a week later, and you have an elimination or a clearance of this pathogen in a very specific manner. 
Right. So, and when things go wrong, it can be at, at several, sure. yeah. <laughs> at several levels. And uh, for usually, like autoimmune syndromes, it can be everything. Like you can have a, something that in your innate immune system is uh, like sensing the wrong uh, thing. In a way, it's not sensing like the microbial agent, uh, but sensing something that's coming from yourself, like your yeah. self DNA, and produce like an immune response in response to your self DNA. Mm -hmm. Or it can be at later phase in the adaptive immune system when you have uh, recombined. Like receptors on the lymphocytes that recognize something, your own molecule, like self-antigen, what we call, right. and will destroy, instead yeah. of destroying the pathogen, will destroy one specific tissue, which is the case, for example, if you have like a, you know, uh, a, uh, insulin like targeted uh, T cells that will cause type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And right. destroy your pancreas, basically. Right. So, so the, the antigen, usually, in question, mm -hmm. when, when uh, the immune system is running smoothly, let's say, it's, is it fair to say that it's usually a protein that's on, on the surface of a, of a pathogen? Mo most, uh, most of the cases, yeah, yeah let's because, say. Because when you mentioned in, in the case of, of lupus that generally the, the, the self-antigen becomes DNA, DNA. Yeah. that's really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my understanding of, mm -hmm. uh, of how, uh, like, I guess, antigen-presenting cells uh, work, or yeah. which type of immune cell that, uh, it, it's usually a protein or like a, a, a slice of a a protein. It a, is, it is. No, no, yeah. indeed, like there is that. Uh, so, so far there is no clear evidence uh, uh, of T cells specific to DNA, like which is mm -hmm. one branch of the immune system. So usually this comes like uh, T cells get activated in uh, you know, MHC complexes, mm -hmm. like whatever, like multiple complicated, but this is usually a protein. Mm -hmm. And uh, But uh, in, in the instances of the B cells, which is the other branch of the immune system, which produce most of the antibodies, right. uh, so in this case you can have a B cells and the receptor of a B cell that specifically recognize DNA. Mm. Okay, and so in this case, you don't need like necessarily like this uh, the, the antigen to be a, a, a protein, and also mm. this DNA usually, for example, uh, uh, the innate branch of the immune system, the one that fires the first and produces this like inflammation during the first events of uh, of a threat, mm. usually it recognizes nucleic acids or also right. DNA of yeah. the pathogens because they have certain modification compared to ours, and they also. Mm. Uh, can trigger certain areas of our cells that are usually inaccessible to our own DNA. Ah, yeah, and, and then, uh, like, on a broader aspect, uh, f uh, there are uh, other antigens which are not also proteins and can be recognized by a specific set of T cells or, mm -hmm. uh, or non-conventional T cells, mm -hmm. uh, such as lipids and etc. Like, and I don't remember like the T cell that is responsible for that, but I think like they have a different receptor usually and, and can recognize like lipid dick Lipids even. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is that the immune system is complicated. It's, it's <laughs> it, it is just a little bit. It is a bit complicated. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So and you work with uh, uh, primarily with a specific type of immune cell, uh, dendritic cells, or, so, yeah, uh, yeah. and a specific subset of those. Yes. yes. So so what is a dendritic cell, and okay. what what exactly do you do with them? So uh, yeah, the dendritic cell is a uh, is what people like to call a sentinel in a way. So the dendritic cells, it comes in several flavors, so we'll go to that later. But like, what is the common function of a dendritic cells is to be uh, in an area which is commonly exposed to the environment so like, and, and the threats from the environment. Mm -hmm. So they will be at the skin, they will be like, in, in uh, 
epithelia of the lung, also in the gastrointestinal tract, in all mm -hmm. these areas. So they are basically sensing, and they have like, that's why they're called dendrites, because they have these kind of processes called the, like the neurons having sure, these yeah. dendrites uh -huh. and they, these with these dendrite they sense their environment mm -hmm. uh, in uh, for the to see whether there's a presence of uh, of uh, pathogens or uh, antigens coming from the environment and so once they once they detect this pathogen or antigen they will capture it process it mm -hmm. or whatever like take it out and uh, uh, take it in in a way and then they will usually what they do is uh, they are the one that are informing the adaptive branch of the immune system and they mm -hmm. will say okay like I will I will take this antigen coming from the environment or the pathogens and go to the organs where the uh, adaptive system is usually these are the secondary lymphoid organs and present this antigen to to the T cells usually and say, okay, you guys, you need to go to this site of infection, there is this thing which is there. And then it will instruct the T cells to become an effector cell and go kill the antigens. And so, and then they come in, the, in several flavors. We'll not go into specificity, but I work on one specific dendritic cell subset. It's called plasma cytodendritic cell subset. And, and these cells are mostly having an innate function in a way. They won't be too much activating the adaptive branch. They will produce one cytokine, which is interference, which is very, and, uh, and they will mostly recognize viruses. And so they will produce these antiviral molecules, which are interference of type 1. So how, how, how does the, the function or malfunction of mm -hmm. this specific cell type related to lupus? So, uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a good question. Which I, which I guess is your research, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it, it, is, so. <laughs> it is my research. So in a, in a way, uh, it was uh, long, lupus patients were studied for a long time, and uh, people were trying to find whether, because it's a very broad disease, like mm -hmm. there is so many uh, yeah. kind of symptoms and, uh, and, um, and uh, aspects of the disease that was kind of hard to classify <laughs> or even identify those patients. So one thing that came out after is like the anti-double-stranded DNA antibodies, in those patients, so that means it's lupus. But these patients also present something which was uh, called the interference signature. So basically, there is an upregulation or there is a, an increase in the number of, uh, of uh, genes that are induced by this interference. So which in, in indicated that there is uh, in these patients something that is uh, a kind of activating this uh, production of this antiviral proteins interference. And so the, the, the why it, then people identify in the 90s uh, the, the cells that were, that were responsible for the majority of interferon production, in one of the, uh, and that was these plasma cytodendritic cells. Mm -hmm. Some other cells produce it, but uh, these plasma cytodendritic cells are the major producers. And so then that's how it was connected. So maybe in these uh, patients, this, the, the, there is something that these plasma cytodendritic cells are recognizing and allow them to uh, produce these type 1 interference uh, and uh, which may exacerbate the disease and uh, and uh, and so that's what we were uh, basically studying and uh, and uh, so uh, it was really hard uh, to study these things because we we model all uh, our studies in the mouse models mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, and so we use a lot of lupus models in uh, in mouse and uh, and there is one problem in the mouse models of lupus because is that they rarely have this interference signature uh, okay. that you can detect. There is maybe some other ways to detect it, but we, we were not able to do it very well. 
And uh, so it was really, we, we found that these plasma saturated dendritic cells were important because we have a genetic model where we can abrogate those cells when mm. they are not there in the lupus models. And we see that these lupus mouse are getting better and their disease is ameliorated. Yep. So these plasma saturated dendritic cells are definitely, when they are not there, uh, is better. <laughs> and, and when you say the mice are getting better, what marker do you use? Are you uh, using so then antibody, we, the double-stranded yeah, antibody we, we, production? We, exactly. We use anti-double-stranded antibody production mm -hmm. that was reduced, and we also you use other like pathogenic uh, ele elements of the disease is that there is less uh, kidney pathology and there right. is like a less uh, proteinuria okay. and other aspects of the disease, yeah. Right. Uh, that's actually a, a question, uh, something that I'm curious about. It. So how do you create, uh, I guess, a, a, a lupus mouse model that is, you know, it's, I'm sure it's um, because it is an autoimmune disease yeah. and it's so systemic and widespread, how could you model that? And I'm sure, and in a model is a model, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a one-to-one sure, -one perfect, perfect yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mirror image, but... No, no, it's not perfect. So, there are, so that's why there is um, a lot of lupus model, mouse model now uh, that are available. So it's a, it's a complex, complex story, let's say. So there, there is a different one. So... The, the, the first model that was characterized, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting story in a way. It's a, people use a New Zealand black mice and they intercross them with some New Zealand white mice and uh, their F1, basically their generation, like the progeny of those mice develop yep. lupus. Oh, wow. Okay, but so then it was really hard to do anything there because this is some mice that only exist like from New Zealand and these are a specific background in a way. So they they carry something in their genome, like background, it's a specific strain mm -hmm. that carries something in their genome that when you combine those two, it makes them more susceptible to the to the disease. And then the people went ahead and tried to identify genetic regions that were involved in the in the in this uh, development of lupus in these mice, and, and people ultimately identified them, mm -hmm. but they identified huge regions of the genome, so it was really hard to identify specific genes. And it seems that you require bigger regions; you cannot like narrow it down to specific genes. So that created a certain complexity because uh, lupus is not a; it's really a monogenic disease in a way. So you don't have what, what it's called, like you don't have deficiency in one gene and it causes a disease, even though we develop one model like that. Mm -hmm. We can talk about it later. <laughs> but, uh, and so usually it's a little bit complicated. But, uh, and so that, that's, and then, so people identify those regions and then combine those regions in the mouse that is more uh, uh, kind of a purer background, this black six mice that we use usually. And so this is more pure background. So basically you can use any other genetic, um, um, genetically modified mice to study uh, the impact of certain genes in the lupus, etc., etc. So that's one model, and this model is fairly good, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it it uh, represents, uh, you know, the anti-double-stranded anti antibodies, anti-double-stranded DNA antibodies, anti-other nucleic acids, basically RNA antibodies. It has kidney disease. It has a female bias. You lupus is a, is a disease that affects mostly uh, uh, oh, females. Really? Yeah, it's nine know. out of ten patients are women. nine out of ten yeah. are women. Mm -hmm. wow. And uh, and uh, etc. So yeah, usually like there is uh, factors. Have you uncovered the reason for that? So no, there is <laughs> there is uh, there is a lot of speculation there. So there is no reason yet uh, specific. Uh, what can I what I can say is that there is certain uh, aspects that the people say 
hormone hormonal uh, uh, factors in mm -hmm. female may uh, enhance certain uh, uh, autoimmunity and especially like sort of interferon production, etc. Uh, so estrogen play a role. Uh, there are also a lot of uh, genes that are involved in immunity that are encoded on the X chromosome, okay. uh, and so a certain uh, partial. Uh, usually, two, the, the the women have like or females have two X chromosomes. One one is usually inactivated, but they might be some partial in uh, the inactivated regions might not be totally inactivated, etc. Yeah. And uh, so these are all hypotheses, and sure. so far there is nothing really clear cut on w on, wow. on why why so. Yeah. That's fascinating. I did yeah. not know that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you hear about uh, you know gender biases and, and diseases, yeah. which you know usually for genetic reasons or hormonal yeah, yeah. reasons. Never heard of ninety percent. Almost, yeah, yeah, almost ninety yeah. percent. So yeah, mo like yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, a lot of autoimmune syndromes are uh, female biased. Mm. A lot. Uh, there is some exceptions, but a lot of them are female biased. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So women overall live longer, but their immune systems don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, no comment. I, no comment on that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a bit, uh, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Definitely, like these, uh, these are, uh, yeah, it's a problem. Like definitely, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, here, like yeah, it it, it also like it, it not it doesn't only have a female bias, it also have an ethnicity bias. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. So, for example, in the United States, most of the patients will who will have lupus and strong like um, uh, also what are the form like more a kind of. Uh, stronger lupus forms uh, will be African-Americans. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, it, it, so that, that also yeah. underlines uh, right. the genetics. Genetic behind. bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your recent paper mm -hmm. uh, had to do with uh, um, autoimmunity mm -hmm. being reduced by chromatin digestion mm -hmm. in uh, apoptotic <laughs> micro vesicles. So why don't we just uh, go through the title okay. and if you explain what each of those words mean. Yeah, all right, no problem. Like, so, <laughs> it was so, a really interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's a different story. So before, mm -hmm. what I was studying is uh, I was studying the impact of one type of dendritic cells in the lupus, in lupus development. And so we found out that these plasma-sided dendritic cells are important and maybe exacerbating the disease. And actually, like this, uh, this studies were collaborated with two other laboratories, oh. so we were happy to that, that this happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually a company, uh, I think Biogen, uh, Biogen, Biogen or, uh, started developing antibodies to deplete basically the, the plasma cell dendritic cells as a therapy for lupus patients, okay. based on our studies. So that was wow. really cool. That's very cool. Uh, like, yeah. I know, and other people's studies and, mm -hmm. and etc. So the second story was mostly like, so this was uh, studying the impact of, this, of the cells and cellular player involved in lupus development. The second aspect was how lupus happens, basically, and how, how this uh, break of tolerance against our own DNA occurs. Right. Like, why do we have antibodies that develop against our own DNA? Mm -hmm. And it was mostly a mechanistic uh, approach. And, uh, and so to do so, we, uh, we, uh, we observed that uh, there were some cases uh, because whenever you want to study something, you want to simplify your system. And yes. so there were some cases that were reported in actually Saudi Arabia uh, where a family was having a lupus and it was very early onset and it looked like very uh, strong like or, or, or bad type of lupus. And uh, people characterized, and it was inbred family, so it was running in the family. It was a Mendelian mm. transmission of this lupus. And, uh, and uh, people, uh, some 
there was a study uh, there, and people characterized that in this patient they found a mutation in a gene called DNS1L3. Mm. And so it was, a, uh, and, uh, and this gene encodes for an enzyme, a protein basically that is supposedly digesting uh, DNA, so disposing of our DNA. And so, so when you say digesting, you don't mean eating <laughs> and then churning up yeah, and then, you know, kicking out on the other end. <laughs> no, So digesting has a specific yeah, meaning digesting, yeah. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> no, just, no, no, it's okay. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's some process of digesting because you, you cut this DNA sure. in some small pieces that get recycled somewhere else. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so in, right. in the system, but uh, it yeah. basically means disposing of our own yeah. DNA. And uh, so we found out that, and uh, and we wanted to see whether we can model that. We can uh, model that in the mouse, and so uh, and w whether we can basically develop a monogenic mouse model, where where we have one gene right. is responsible of the disease, and then we can go and characterize the mechanism of that. It's a little bit easier when you have. A, and so basically, we generated the mouse where we. Uh, we, we delete this gene in the mouse, and this mouse, very early on, like the humans, basically start developing autoantibodies against self-nucleic acids, and ultimately develop other aspects of the disease, which is overt immune activation, and, uh, and the, the kidney disease, which is a glomerulonephritis, and the failure of the kidney right. at late stages. And so that was a very cool uh, proof of like, so first of all, these guys in the, in the patient found out that it might be linked. We, we deleted it and it's definitely that. Uh, and, uh, and second, now we have this model and we can study what's the role of this model. And so basically we took those mice and, uh, w and we quantified the DNA that is present in the, in the plasma. And we see uh, that there is an increase in the, the plasma of the overall amount of DNA. So basically there is an increase, a systemic increase of DNA. And so usually when you have an systemic increase of DNA, that means like you have your cells are dying usually. You, you, there is a constant cell death in our body. We renew our right. tissues, etc., yeah. etc. And but usually we dispose of our DNA. But in this case, these uh, animals weren't disposing totally. There is an increase right. of this DNA. And so, so the, was, DNA outside of cells. Yeah, exactly. And so then we, we found out that uh, this, enz or like this enzyme or this protein, DNS1L3, has a specificity, uh, something because it's, it's part of a family, basically, and uh, of DNases, there are several of, uh, of them, but this one is specific because it has uh, a specific structure in a way that uh, with a, what we call a little tail, a <laughs> hydrophobic thing like right. that doesn't yeah. like uh, water. <laughs> exactly. And and, uh, and basically, and this little tail allows it uh, to maybe go through membranes and also to uh, to uh, dispose of uh, of uh, certain proteins that are associated with the DNA, which right. were called the nucleosomal protein, like the histone core, basically. Right. And, uh, and stones are just proteins that DNA wraps around. They help in packing. Exactly. DNA, right? okay. yeah. So DNA is really naked in our body. <laughs> <laughs> and and so and we found out that basically after uh, we wanted to know what, maybe there is more kind of nucleosomal DNA uh, present in the, in the, in the, in the in the plasma of these. Uh, or, the, or in the blood of this animal, and we found out it was the case, and especially we found like when we, when we do something which is called the spinning of the plasma, when you do high spin, uh, high speed spinning, 
which basically will uh, uh, everything that is particulate will go and form a pellet, and mm -hmm. everything that is soluble will stay up. Right. So whatever we measure in the soluble part, we will wouldn't measure so much DNA, and so we found that most of the DNA is, comes in forms of particles, uh, okay. and these particles seems to be derived from dying cells. And we, in our case, in our DNA's one L three deficient mouse, we saw that these particles were highly loaded with DNA, okay. uh, and wow. so. And so then we went ahead and identified that basically in the patients too. Uh, we got some patients from a Turkish collaborator who had also a family uh, that they discovered oh, in the okay. meantime also that was having this uh, deficiency and had lupus. And right. so we also discovered that in the patients. So it was uh, it was not only true in our animals, but it was directly related to the patients. Wow. Okay. There is an increase in the DNA. So then we went ahead and so because what what we didn't have so. Nowadays, when you want to publish a story, you have to have the entire story. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we didn't have was the proof that this, uh, this kind of DNA that is present in the microparticle is the really the factor that is triggering the activation of the immune system and basically the development of antibodies of, uh, against nucleic acids. And, and also, these mice or human also have antibodies direct, di directly against those microparticles, right. so which is one glimpse that it is the case, but we, uh, we did some experiment where uh, injection of these uh, kind of small particles which are loaded with DNA can, in certain instances, induce these responses, uh, which is uh, uh, kind of an indication that is the case, but we still have to work on that, right. uh, okay. uh, basically. But so, still, that's, yeah. I mean, just... That story is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting... Like, it, 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 you usually gain a lot of insight from uh, genetics, uh, and especially like these cases of, uh, of uh, kind of simple genetics where it's one gene, one deficiency causes the disease. Uh, it's really uh, insightful in a way, like, because there are, so, like, you can have tissues of patients, you can have like development of the mouse, and the most uh, incredible thing is... Uh, so, as... Uh, how, like how to explain that like basically as a, when you work in labs uh, and mouse models uh, that that's that's complicated in a way yeah. because it's a long-term study yes so when you do a long-term study especially still studying lupus this takes uh, you a year to have something like uh, what we call uh, when you create the mice and when you get the phenotype which is the manifestation of the disease it right. takes one year in our right. case so that's a long wow. process for yeah. uh, and some and, uh, and we we are not given that time <laughs> to do a lot of uh, like to to understand mechanisms. So mm -hmm. sometimes, uh, so the, having these simple genetics where you can cross our mouse, for example, with one deficiency with another mouse with another deficiency right. to study their interaction or right. how one may protect against yeah. the other, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, mm -hmm. It's really it's really cool. So this can advance your basically in a faster pace uh, your. Uh, uh, Understanding of the disease, even mm -hmm. though if it's it, it's modeled for this specific disease, DNS1L3 deficiency. But for example, previous model of lupus, they're usually multigenic. So to get the mice to have all the genetic deficiency that you need, plus the extra one that you add, usually it's a process of two three years. Wow. Yeah. So this this is nice. Takes some time. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, so you you described. Uh, this this paper, this mm. research, this current research, as a story. You said, you know, mm. when you would try to publish a story, you have yeah. a little story. So I, I actually really like that. I like the fact that research papers are referred to as stories. I hadn't heard that until I actually started working in mm -hmm. a lot. I think it's really cool. Can you speak to that a little bit? And the fact that yeah. research 
you know, scientific research and papers are called stories. Yeah, I yeah, think... What are, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I, um, yeah, I, yeah, it's a process, but you, you yeah, we are, we are looking for, a, I don't know, it's a plot, it's a story, you know, exactly, like yeah. it's a, they, it has a, something, an observation that you have initially, and, uh, and, uh, and in a way, and this is, uh, this is the observation that you are investigating. So it seems it's basically like, you know, a, a, a novel, like exactly, a murder yeah. happened yeah. there, There's police a comes. Uh, investigate the case yeah, exactly. uh, and uh, and yeah. and then you go deeper and deeper in the understanding uh, of the case or either of the research that or or the, the biological events that are happening in in order to to put it out it, it makes it also kind of uh, um, uh, in a way i don't know like uh, something interesting that you want to achieve and go exactly. on uh, after and i don't know i don't know and it's also yeah, it's it also relate to I don't know maybe more to the people or I I, I don't know. Sure. Like, yeah. uh, it, and it's, it it kind of hints that it's not isolated, right? Oh, what it's you're not. Doing. Yeah, yeah. It's so connected to stuff that's come before it yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff exactly. that will come after. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. It's like a piece of a story. That you, yeah. You, you, you yeah. 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 You never have content. the full story. Right. Like, <laughs> and, and, and and it's yeah. Exactly. Are, it's all connected in a way. Yeah. You you have elements, mm-hmm. and this story is like while you are doing it, it's always coming like there is a it's a lot of the scientific community is feeding into it like, and, and exactly. gives you more ideas or where to go, how to go. Right. And this yeah. story is in constant movement always. Like, you, exactly. know, uh, uh, you always adapt it to what, ha- what's, what is happening around you. You're mm-hmm. never like, isolated. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's cool. And it yeah. makes it like something interesting to pursue. You have this goal to, to kind of... Yeah, the goal exactly. is to achieve the story even though you never manage it, but mm-hmm. you come to uh, something satisfactory you know, exactly. at some point yeah. that... You, you and will uh, like to publish it and exactly. make it available to the to the broad like to the to the scientific community. Yeah, and even though you may not get the the full story, you're still contributing a whole lot, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. whole. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 No. 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 That's yeah. for sure. Like you know, uh, that's the satisfaction. You know. Yeah. I, you know. Exactly. I. I. My goal as a scientist is not uh, you know to have. Uh, to to know to be uh, always like no always or like groundbreaking thing like you know this is I think not much of the scientists uh, realize groundbreaking discovery that will change paradigm. Sure. Uh, yeah. I I yeah. think what we do is mostly uh, you know it's like building a house and so my I will maybe put five bricks in the story of the lupus <laughs> and and then other people will put like you know ten and some other mm-hmm. and at the end of the day maybe we might have a house and that will pre- uh, uh, you know kind of help. Uh, the overall understanding of the disease and may lead right. to the development of uh, of treatment, right. but uh, the goal is is a contribution there in a way. Exactly. And if I can do groundbreaking uh, discoveries, I'll be happy. But it it's it's tedious process. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Even you know the the groundbreaking stuff is usually what most people end up hearing yeah. about, right? Yeah. But even that is is just as strenuous and you know tedious yeah, yeah, yeah. as any other research that's going on. Nothing I think, happens. Yeah. I think like there is, and also I think groundbreaking studies necessarily need also like uh, you you need to to put a lot of also research into that to confirm those groundbreaking studies and to make them like uh, you know the because there is there are certain theories that are interesting but you have to have like the the experimental aspects of it to make it ground solid in a way and so and this is what also like is very important like Mm -hmm. people of course like stuff like that is a little bit more fashionable or a bigger or or higher how to say uh, in, uh, not impact I would say I don't know but certain groundbreaking discovery will make noise but I think it still needs uh, a lot of like 
point to use, fine tuning, uh, fine tuning and, yeah, and, exactly. and uh, over the years and things right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, science overall is a tedious process. It is. But it's fun. It is. It is. It is. It is. So yeah. how, how did you get into being, doing research and being uh, a biomedical researcher? It's a, I, I don't know. So, so we, I'm not, I, I studied in France. So as a kid, I wasn't really aware of this, you, you know, science and people doing that. Uh, you were exposed on the TV, but it's a different thing, or sure. like in books, and yeah. etc. cetera. Uh, so then I, I went to the university. Uh, at some point, I was mostly... Uh, aiming to be a medical doctor uh, okay. <laughs> but then uh, I, I thought the, the process uh, basically uh, of uh, the other process which is kind of uh, the, the intriguing uh, elements of uh, how like the, 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 there is difference like the medical doctor treats the disease and, uh, and the scientist was like well, what's the cause of these things exactly. and, uh, and that was something that I, I liked in a way what, what's going on there what are these mechanisms that are happening and so I, I, I moved on to uh, bio, basically basic science studies and I, I did several internships in different labs, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, it was uh, it was it was a very, very pleasing experience. In a way, you you are you know you are you have a question, and uh, you try to respond it by uh, initially you don't design experiment, but you execute sure. experiment exactly. for somebody. Yeah. But it was an interesting process, and you, the thought process uh, was very very cool, and I really enjoyed it, and I wanted to pursue in that aspect in a way. You know, where, where you have a question, you tackle your question by different technical approach or uh, technological aspects, and then uh, and and that may uh, experimental a lot of things, uh, and then that may lead to the answer one one answer to this question, and that right. was really really like something that was interesting, and uh, and so I was fortunate enough initially that it worked. Uh, mm. In a way, uh, right. and so it like, got me hooked. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. and but then I, I also discovered the other part when we do science is uh, is that or when you do experiments or when you ask questions, uh, uh, a lot of them you end up with uh, negative results right. or, or things like that, which yeah. is also uh, I, I don't, it's not valued mm -hmm. so much, but I think it's still uh, something interesting. You invalidate it's still information. Like, it's still yeah. information. Yeah. You uh, you cross one way that is not the way that exactly. it is uh, on, yeah. on your on on your question, and so yeah. you can move on uh, to another question. You know? exactly. yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. That's yeah. how I uh, ended up in science, and I was so for me uh, like my my interest in science was always uh, applied in a way or translational. Right. Uh, yeah. Very translational. Uh, very translational. So I I wasn't. I always like the. It's not that I, you know, I don't like basic science, but I always like these aspects of, uh, you know, can we find uh, 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 like what's happening in pathological conditions mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, and what is the deregulation that happens in pathological condition right. and what right. we may be able then to target after exactly. uh, yeah. and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and that yeah, and that's a good way of describing. It. For people who might not know what translational mm -hmm. means, that that was a a good way of describing it. It's so a basic research would be more of just kind of understanding the mechanism, the yeah, basic mechanism, the basic mechanisms uh, of, of what's of going organism, on when yeah. things are yeah. working normally, maybe, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, down to the cellular level. And you know, uh, translational research is uh, more like what Dr. Shishirak is doing. <laughs> is is he's getting to those basic mechanisms, but they're all in the context of this disease. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Pathology. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And pathology. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So you've been at NYU for not so long. Not so long. Yeah. Recently. Recently. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. we moved uh, our lab moved from Columbia University. Right. Uh, we are. Uh, and so the researcher, 
it's kind of stayed consistent, yes, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, we just changed the environment sure. in a way, but uh, I, I'm working in the same laboratory and mm-hmm. the same people interact uh, uh, with the same, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, but in NYU, I've been two years. In uh, Colombia, I've been five, so seven years total in New York. Ah. And, uh, yeah, so it's been a long, long time working on these projects. So in so in the time that you've been in New York, it's it's always been a, a postdoctoral mm-hmm. position, right? So so your PhD itself, you did where? I did in France, in Lyon. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. in Lyon. Mm-hmm. So when you were a PhD student, mm-hmm. right? Uh, even though you know, sounds like it was a very very long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so when so when you were a PhD student, yeah. do you remember any? Uh, well, you mentioned one thing, which is that, okay, science, you know, the questions that you ask yeah. or the experiments that you do mm-hmm. might not always work out mm-hmm. the way you expect. But were, were there any other unexpected hurdles that maybe you came across as a PhD student, something that you weren't expecting to have to deal with? Yeah, uh, there, there is some. Um, in a way, I, I was always... So the, the first hurdle... Uh, and then the same question for your postdoc uh, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, so for me, like, I didn't know the system so well. I didn't know it was so competitive in a way, uh, initially while entering into it. Uh, so basically everything is based on, uh, at least in France, you, you have projects, you defend them. And uh, if you uh, will be able to defend your PhD or to, to complete your PhD and to go under the PhD program, basically you have to secure a funding. And the funding comes from the the Ministry of Research and, and things like that. So basically in our university, we are, I don't know, maybe 20 or 25 to apply to this program and only five positions are, are, are okay. free. Mm. Uh, like, not free, but like are given. And so that's why I was like, wow, like <laughs> this, mm-hmm. is, this is a, like a high competition and, and kind of scary and and and, and it's, it's tough to get in. And I was thinking, you know, if you are... And it's a school process, so I was thinking, I, I was really, it was uh, tough for me, but of course it, it requires this, uh, you know, like funding and it's your first sure. salaries and, and yeah. things like that. And so uh, so that was my first, uh, in a way, like, I was, wow, like, that, that's, uh, you know, that's not an easy way. And I was thinking, you know, most of my friends will make it, we will all be scientists, but it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow. Yeah. And, and it was tough. Uh, and then uh, the second uh, hurdle, I, I would say, I, I was pretty, I was, I don't know, I was pretty lucky in my lab. I always ended up in uh, in great mentor people, so people who were available to me mm-hmm. and who were able to transmit me their knowledge uh, and of their passion. Uh, uh, aspects that were tough uh, were mostly uh, the, the, the valories, how do you say, the, the, uh, uh, putting our work out in a way. That's always a tedious process, yeah. uh, in, in uh, which is the, the publication process, exactly. yeah. and so uh, and very uh, long and very long and a little bit painful. And, yeah. uh, and the thing is, uh, also uh, sometimes you get a little bit disillusioned in a way because that's what matters, and uh, and sometimes uh, that was a little bit of the, the kind of something that that was a bit of a surprise for me in a way. Uh, because during your career, like as a scientist, you are interested in problems and you have questions, and it's a very naive interest in a way. Like right. in a way, you are interested because you are curious, mm-hmm. but then your interest has to switch a little bit or change because uh, uh, because your curiosity is not going to bring you the, the you know right. the, the full story yeah. or you won't have the time to explore your entire like uh, aspect mm-hmm. of it so you have to be a little bit more pragmatic because what like matters and as at the end of this 
moment is your record uh, to find a job after, etc., etc. Et yeah. So that was also something I had uh, maybe a vision of a Renaissance style uh, <laughs> research uh, yeah. where you, yeah. you know you have like Can somebody I that funds you and you yeah. do whatever you want. Dip your toes in all the pools <laughs> yeah. and someone else pays yeah. for it. Yeah. So I was a little bit like uh, <laughs> oh, I have to do all of this. <laughs> and uh, and so that was it. But other than that, like I think like I I, I uh, my experience was relatively good in uh, in a way that I, I really had a, a great time. I was working on something to, a bit different. I was working on, on the on the plasma side, dendritic cells still, but uh, they're all in uh, in breast cancers. Oh, okay. And something a little bit different, mostly on these cancer immunology aspects. Mm-hmm. So I was really uh, fortunate. Like, so another pathological uh, thing, like to always translational research. So I was really lucky to work on certain mechanistic aspects mm-hmm. on the side, but also I was involved in really patient samples like directly from those patients identifying right. certain elements right. and it was really cool and uh, and right. uh, and it was really nice because I also had a lot of opportunity to present my results mm-hmm. to share to discuss yeah. these science so that was really a really cool experience right. the, the yeah. other like these aspects of uh, you know you need to publish but uh, it's you 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 can manage it like they depends like uh, how it, it, it's a little bit tough but it's it's okay mm-hmm. And, and uh, so that was all during your PhD. Yeah. <laughs> now on to your postdoctoral years. Postdoc, uh, it was uh, actually the postdoc. It was uh, it was uh, so the the, the 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 there is a major difference when you start as a postdoc, is that you are the one, supposed to be the specialist in a way. Uh, so you are not you are in, still considered in the training process, but you are not necessarily in the training process. So sure. so you are the one now that is thinking about. Uh, all of the aspects of it, or you know, you are the one that is offered this opportunity to think right. about everything right. and uh, and uh, and not everything, but a question that you want to ask, mm-hmm. how you want to address them, how do you want to, and uh, that was uh, actually an inter- like very cool challenge in a way, uh, and so that was really good because it comes after your PhD, uh, and in a way, like when we do, uh, when I did my PhD, so you you dig in, in a way, your PhD, and you do your experiments, you think sometimes when you have the time, or like to how to respond to that, but you are like immersed in this, like, you know, very, your world of like science, and and it's narrow, like, you Mm -hmm. know, it's a narrow thing, and stuff like that, and so when you write your PhD, you have a in, at least I don't know how it's here, but in France you have to make this broad introduction, and you have to put your research in a, in your context, right. like very broad, broad yeah. context. And how and that was an amazing process for mm-hmm. me because I got to learn. Actually, it was maybe a little bit too late because after my <laughs> I got to, to learn everything and I, and and this methodology of like putting all these things like on paper and writing mm-hmm. all these kind of review of the of what's going on outside was amazing. And so when I arrived in the PhD, I had a number of ideas that emerged from this research before, and, and also I had like this training in the, into the information digging, searching, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That uh, it was really cool uh, actually, and uh, and I had this methodology that I felt a little bit more confident uh, to uh, to uh, you know to discuss uh, with my boss, or offer him uh, uh, some ideas and plans. So that yeah. that was also like, a, and so that that was the challenge. The challenge was to come up with idea, but it was okay. Like I I felt a little bit like it was a, a very nice transition mm-hmm. and. Uh, and uh, so, and then, uh, yeah, a lot of these questions that I had failed, <laughs> which happens, but one, yeah, one or two of science. them emerged, right, and, yeah. uh, and all of these things was, uh, and, uh, was really nice, and, uh, and, and okay, like, the challenges during that time, yeah, like, certain 
certain moments it requires a lot of like commitment certain other moments uh, the, the funding can be a challenge and mm -hmm. sometimes we were underfunded for our projects and, uh, and right. we had to with like some budgetary restrictions and uh, and etc but most of the time no it was uh, it, it was also like once again I'm uh, in a, in a, in the case uh, maybe like it's a lucky case but it was everything went like kind of nice and I was really also supported by by my boss here who kind of pushed uh, and uh, let me sure. explore my ideas and uh, yeah. and, and, and etc so yeah the, the challenge is like this step for independence in a way it's mm -hmm. uh, it's not a total independence but it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's an, a step where you can have like your own idea being established into a, into a project right which right. is a little bit like uh, something <laughs> that, that is uh, independence yeah sure yeah that's huge yeah I mean yeah, yeah so that's I guess that's why the, the postdoctoral position is where people really kind of uh, build their, I guess, question asking and mm -hmm. experimental design yeah, muscles yeah. if they want to go on and be independent yeah. researchers, right? I, yeah. I think so. I so think it's, it's, a, a it's an important step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know now it's also, you know, it's, and it's, so, as, how to say, it's also, it, it's also important where you go, how you do it. Right. Uh, a lot of aspects uh, are important there, and and let's also be pragmatic. It's also the moment that you should publish the max to get the out and mm -hmm. uh, and get more chances to get a position. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it depends what position you want, but if you want to stay in academic research, like that's like it, right. it's it's kind of compulsory, you know. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. just the way the, the system is set up right now. <laughs> So far, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if there is, I mean, you know, you, through your discussion of your, your uh, you know, things that you, you were challenged by, I'm sure we can uh, glean this information. But if there's one piece of information that you could give to a young scientist or someone who hasn't started a PhD program or someone mm -hmm. who's in the middle of a PhD program yeah. who is maybe, you know, feeling, like you mentioned, disillusioned, or what's one piece of advice well, that you could know. give to someone to it's you know, a, keep them going? It's, it's a... It's a very nice job in a way. Like so, why would I say like that? It's uh, it's it's you are rarely offered this opportunity in a way uh, to 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 come uh, in in a place uh, that will uh, you know allow you to ask a question mm -hmm. uh, to uh, then. Uh, Think about this question, elaborate it a little bit more, read about it around, uh, and uh, and then set the b ground for kind of a research. And then this question, you can tackle it, you can do experimental things, and et cetera, et cetera. And you can, at the end, maybe come to a, 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 an area of answer. If, if the answer doesn't come, it, it's not didn't come it maybe it was negative and it doesn't right. matter it's a it's a one way so it's a it's, it's super interesting like uh, I, I don't know it's a for me it seems uh kind of a, like a very uh, like an approach that is exciting in yeah. a, in in a, in a way uh, there is a lot of challenges etc but i think it's a, it's so basic and so uh kind of how do you say in, intriguing that uh, you th th like it seems that 
it almost doesn't have limits in a way. It has certain technological limits, certain money limits, etc. But like if you if you put it out of kind of that, you, you can ask any question and and go there, and and you can find any branch that you like, biology, like I don't know, physics, yeah. chemistry, anything, mm -hmm. and any question that you are interested in there, you can just ask it, or with the help of somebody else. Or initially, you don't ask maybe a question, but you can you can find something that you like in an environment that you like and certain question that you may like to ask uh, or something that you you can go etc so I think uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's uh, I don't know it's a, it's a job like the, I'm in now and I cannot get out yeah. <laughs> and in a way because, and, but, but I guess the key because, thing there is you don't want to get out right? yeah you it's, don't want to get yeah, out it's, but it's also yeah. yeah it's it's really like yeah it has this uh, potential uh, of you know, no, no limits in a way. Right. No, no limits. Mm -hmm. There is. Yeah, it's the potential. I'm saying yeah. still, like potential. we are not living in a, in an ideal world. It's not <laughs> utopia. Yeah. There is like certain aspects that you have to consider. Like, as I said once again, funding and etc. Right. But uh, and the technological aspect. But still, like uh, I, I, I think that uh, yeah, this is uh, this is really really cool. Yeah, and yeah. And, and then you know. Anything you know, societal societal issues, health issues, uh, right. anything like climate yeah. change, health. Exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Anything. Yeah. There are no limits. No limits. Science. Can't count. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I think that's a good place to wrap this up. Thank you very much for talking no problem, to me, man. Yeah, I appreciate your time. No problem. It was a pleasure. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks fantastic. a lot. Dr. Von Yashishirak, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Termination of current scientist, the human episode. Stay breezy.